when we're afraid to die, that there's like a snare that's upon us. And I remember being a little kid and being afraid to die. And yesterday we were just doing, going through some antique stores in uh, San Juan. And as soon as we walked into the store, I just started praying for the owner. She was an older lady. And Dory ended up talking to her. And I could see tears coming out of her eyes. But when Dory tried to really start sharing with the gospel, she, she said she couldn't handle it. She was so afraid of death. Jesus came to take away that fear of death. That's what resurrection is all about. This is, a, this is my favorite time because resurrection means we're moving through this life, but we're heading for an eternity with a loving Father and a loving Savior and a life that we can't even begin to imagine how good it is for us. So I was thinking today, if any of you are afraid to talk about death or afraid of death, connect with God today. He comes to take away that fear by letting us know about resurrection and what's going on. In Matthew 28, 1-5, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. And our key verse today is Matthew 28, 6. The angel said, Jesus is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. The Gospels, all four Gospels, give the resurrection account. The Bible, which to some people in these days is like a maybe just a little novel or a fairy tale or maybe a little bit of a history book. It is the truth. It is which we have our faith in Christ and our ability to get strong in the Lord and find that our spirit gets stronger through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I always like to talk about the Bible because it gives nine specific resurrections, even though we know that there's been more in history. Even some in the recent times, people have been raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God. The first one recorded is, is Elijah, who raised the widow's son in 1 Kings 17. Through Elisha, God raised the Shunammite woman's son in 2 Kings 4. A dead man was raised when his body touches Elisha's dead bones. And Elisha had a double portion ministry, but you don't see the double portion fulfilled until his dead body is in the grave and that man's body is thrown against his bones and he's raised from the dead. God raised in the New Testament, God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus raises a widow's son during a funeral in Luke 7. Jairus' daughter was raised by Jesus in Luke 8. Jesus raises Lazarus in John 11. Peter, by the Holy Spirit's power, raises Dorcas in Acts 9. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, raises Eutychus in Acts 20. Eyewitnesses see Jesus in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-8. Paul writes, I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive. 
though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Jesus Christ, the first resurrection, the first of resurrections to come. In 1 Corinthians 15, 20-23, In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when, we come, when, we, when he comes back. In Matthew 27, verses 52 and 53, after Jesus died, there's a resurrection. And it says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. After Jesus rose from the dead, there was a release. There was like a, a foretaste of resurrections that were to come. And so those dead believers rose out of the ground and they went into the city of Jerusalem and gave testimony of the resurrected Jesus and people saw them risen from the dead. Our resurrection is spirit, soul, and body. In Romans 8.11, Paul the Apostle of Jesus wrote this, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. It is the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives when we accept what Jesus did for us on the cross. When we say, Jesus, you died for my sins because my sins needed covering. I believe that your blood cleanses me from my sins. So I receive you now by faith. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes into us. And it is the resurrection life of Jesus. It's the resurrection life that gives life to your spirit and causes you to grow. And as you read the word and you're in prayer and fellowship with God, your spirit gets stronger and stronger. And that's what you bear witness inside, that when you die, you're going to go to be with him, that your spirit's simply going to leave this body and you're going to continue your relationship with God in heaven. In Philippians 3.10, Paul wrote, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Matthew Henry commentary on this scripture says, Knowing Jesus, here is a believing in him. It is an experiential knowledge of the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, or feeling the transforming productiveness and the virtue of those sufferings. Observe, the apostle was an ambitious of being sanctified as he was of being justified. He was that, that whole thing where he knew he was saved, but he was ambitious for that part of him being restored and conformed to the image of Christ and being renewed and restored. He was desirous to know the power of Christ's death and the resurrection, killing sin in him and raising him up to newness of life as he was to receive the benefit of Christ's death and resurrection in his justification, that he might be conformable unto him and that this also is meant of his sanctification, being set apart as a follower of Jesus. We are then made conformable to his death when we die to sin as, died, as Christ died for sin. When we are crucified with Christ, the flesh and the affections of it are mortified, and the world is crucified to us and we to the world. By virtue of the cross of Christ, this is our conformity to his death. 
in Colossians 2, 11 and 12. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical pr procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sin nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life, because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Today, you are going to be a partakers of witnessing people who are going to into the waters of baptism. They have chosen to identify with Christ's death on the cross, that they might experience the resurrection life in their spirit, in their new nature, to live for Jesus. And there's something very powerful that happens every time a person is water baptized. And we are going to be witnesses to that today with our eyes. But they are going to witness what goes on by the spiritual surgery that Jesus does in their heart. The Holy Spirit will cut away and separate their old nature from their new. And they're going to have a renewed and strengthening of, the, of their new man to even resist sin, sin and different temptations. Many people experience freedom today like they've never known because of the work of God, of identifying with Jesus' death, that they might rise in newness of life and serve God in an incredible way. In Colossians 3, 1 through 3, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, Knowing that Jesus loved us, knowing that God the Father loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for our sins so we can come back into relationship, is that place where we are preparing our hearts and walking this relationship with God so that we're getting ready for eternity. We're getting ready to be with the one who did the most anyone who had ever done for someone to show them their love and to be in relationship with us. It's not saying you have to totally uh, be a monk or a hermit for God but that in your daily life and you're living, that you're living for God. You're enjoying the things that God gives, but you're putting God first in your life. You're reading his word. You're having fellowship with other believers, coming to church so that God can strengthen you in your spirit so that no matter what God wants to do, you are tracking with him and he gives you the grace to do and be who he's called you to be. In Ephesians 2, 6, God raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. When he died for sins on the cross, he died for all your sins, past, present, and the sins you haven't even committed yet. That's the righteousness God made for us. That's the provision he made for us. And you know, a lot of times we do things as Christians and we feel so guilty and shameful, and Satan increases the pressure on us with guilt about what we've done. And part of our warfare is to recognize the things that we're doing and say, yes, Lord, I confess my sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins as Christians, that he will be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of the unrighteousness of that, of that sin. And where our warfare is that we have to fight our thoughts and our feelings that would keep us in condemnation and guilt and to keep rising above those things that would, be, that would uh, cause us to go backward or sin against God, to believe that Jesus is with us and he's going to empower us to live that new life. Our resurrection body in 1 Corinthians 15, 35-39 but someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it a new body he wants to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh, one kind of humans, another of animals, another of birds, and another of fish. The body, 1 Corinthians 15, 42-49. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body, 
Our natural body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, and it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. So Jesus died on the cross for us that he might give us spiritual life. So that's life to keep getting up and keep living differently, keep being excited about life, keep being encouraged. Even though you go through times of discouragement, even grief and mourning, there's a resurrection life that causes you to shake out and come out of whatever tries to hinder you and keep you under. And that's that resurrection life of Jesus. That's the joy that comes when you feel like, I'll never be happy again because it's a supernatural joy. It's because you're in deep relationship with Jesus Christ and he loves you. Jesus in his natural body, he ate, he walked through walls, he appeared and he disappeared. After the crucifixion, marks could be seen in his hands. He asked Thomas to go ahead, put your hand in my side and feel, look and believe that I am the resurrected Jesus. And yet, the way it describes him, they didn't always recognize Jesus. So whatever form Jesus, his body, when it went to sea, when it went to the ground and died, when he was resurrected, it didn't look exactly like his old body. But yet it was marvelous and it was incredible. Imagine being able to eat dinner and walk through walls, and I guess his food didn't scrape off when he walked through, right? That's that supernatural power of God, that things beyond our understanding are in that spiritual realm. We are almost like blinded by our five senses to what is really going on in the spiritual world and what God has for us. In verse 46, um, the spiritual is not first but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of the dust. The second man, Jesus, is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of the dust, so also are those who are made of the dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are, who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall bear the image of the heavenly man. That means we've, every time we've had a sickness or a pain, and some of us who look in the mirror, and we scare ourselves because we're getting so old, we have this promise that we are going to have put on a new man. There's going to be a new resurrected body full of power, full of grace, full of love, full and being created in the image of God that we are going to put on. Just like some of you put on your new clothes today to come on this Easter service, we are going to put on a new body someday that's going to be without corruption that will live with God forever. Jesus made alive in the Spirit. In 1 Peter 3.15, Christ's suffering and ours. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Holy Spirit. Our guarantee of resurrection. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For f since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to the meet of the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. It's talking about our body. 
Our old clothes are in there. There's a miracle waiting to happen in every graveyard, in every unmarked grave where people are buried. There's a, an awaiting miracle that's going to happen someday when Jesus comes back and the voice of the archangel shout and the spirit of God will move and cause the resurrection body to come out of those graves, out of people who've been burnt and blown up and disappeared, eaten by crocodiles, whatever. The Holy Spirit will grab those elements and there is going to be a resurrection like no resurrection and bodies are going to be formed and spirits of the believers are going to go into those new bodies. What happens to me when I die? Believers are with the Lord at death. In 2 Corinthians 5.8, here's a promise. Paul wrote this, Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home with the Lord. You know, sometimes people think like when we die... Some people are betting like when they die that just they cease to exist. It's not the state. It's not the fact. Our spirit gives life to this body. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. It's our personality. When we die, our spirit and soul leave our body and they go to be with the Lord. Samuel is in our example in the Old Testament. Samuel was brought up from paradise. He was in this place of peace where Abraham was, where the believers all were gathered together, and the, it says that they were kind of in this resting, peaceful place, waiting because Jesus hadn't died for our sins yet. The blood hadn't been applied in heaven, and so that they were righteous, but they could not go. And yet, across, there was this gulf between them where people who were in hell and suffering, in torment, in a real, in, in their soul and spirit, suffering, could look across and they could see the people who were in Abraham's bosom. And so Samuel comes up and he addresses Saul. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appear before Jesus and Peter and John. And Jesus said in John 22, 32, that God is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a God of the living, not the dead. So when you die, you know today from the scriptures that your body goes into the grave, but your spirit either goes to be with the Lord, or if you don't know Jesus, it goes to a place of suffering. The rich man in Lazarus in hell, Jesus told the story in Luke um, 16 about what happened in, in that state. And I am so excited today about resurrection. You know, I was preparing for a funeral a couple years ago, and I was just, you know, praying and reading the scriptures, and I felt like the Lord said to me, I am looking forward to the day when you pass. And that was such a, a, such a thing you know, we look at death in such a different way, but having the Holy Spirit say that to me, that God says, I'm looking forward to the day you pass, like, that's the love of God he has for us, that he doesn't want us to be afraid of passing, doesn't want us to check out too soon either. There's work to do as we, as we have a relationship with God, as we learn to receive spiritual gifts, and as we influence and affect people around us for the gospel, and encourage other people to receive Jesus, that they may come into this born-again experience and begin to have this relationship with God so that we can have a better relationship with our families in our church body, that we can ease and comfort those who are suffering around us, and we can do all we can do to be the examples of Christ that shows that a resurrection life.